Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Well, friends, welcome back to the Equipped to Be show. We have decided that this is going to be part two of teaching to your child's strengths because it's that good. I couldn't get it all in in one episode last week. So grab your notes and let's continue on with teaching to your child's strengths. Now, as we think about strengths, Clifton strengths, if you have young children, especially elementary age children, this is not this is not a this is not a test or an assessment that you give them. If you have middle school children, this again is not. Why? Because you're given a series of 177 questions and 20 seconds to answer them and it moves to the next question. Why does that matter? Well, because the the way that the strength Clifton strengths is laid out is it's designed to get your gut reaction. Not not after you've analyzed it and figured out why I should probably answer it this way. No, it's, do you strongly feel this way? Do you strongly feel that way? Like on the spectrum, do you strongly agree, kind of like strongly disagree? Do you always do this or do you never do this? Do you sometimes or do you rarely? I'm gonna say, if you do decide to take this, uh, I wanna tell you a couple facts. One, you're going to have to have a code. Be careful. Don't buy a used book. I know it's tempting to buy a used book, but they've already used the code. You have to have a code to access the, the assessment. And if somebody's used that code, then you've bought a book and you have no access to the code. So buy a new book. You'll have the code. And when you get ready to take that assessment, be in a place of quietness where you can have uninterrupted time and thought you can pause it. People don't often realize you can pause it, but you can pause it. But I encourage you to kind of get alone so that you can think about the question being asked and respond to it with the first reaction that you have. Don't think about, uh, oh no, I'm not the one that's going to sit and cry with you. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> Just hear me now. And if you're the person who's going to walk in the room and say, get this done, do this, 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 that doesn't mean like you're an ogre either. And people often think there's a bad theme. There's a bad set of themes and talents. That's just not true. They're you and you need to be honest with you so that you can understand how God has uniquely gifted you with these talent themes so that you can do and fulfill the assignment that he's given you using those unique. If you try to fake it or try to pretend you're something that you're not, you're going to be exhausted. So if you're going to take the test, do it first, study it, read the strength, the Clifton Strengths. Uh, book. It'll explain the talents in more detail. Watch some YouTube videos on it. There's some great YouTube videos that kind of explain what they look like in action. And you'll start to learn more about you, about how you think, feel, and process the world around you. And you know what? You also have some aha moments, some moments where you've struggled maybe thinking something wasn't right about you 
or you didn't like, and you realize it's actually a strength that needs to be developed. If you have a middle schooler, I encourage you to use Strengths Explore. It's it's kind of geared toward 10 to 14-year-olds. And it instead of having 34 talent themes, it has nine buckets. And it helps your child, especially the child that's always talking, it helps them understand, ah, communication is a huge part of who I am and, and how I'm going to think, feel, and process the world around me, as, as well as some of the other themes. It, it makes quite a difference in how they perceive themselves, especially during the middle school years. Those are pretty critical years anyway. And they're also very difficult years. Now, your older high schoolers, depending on their maturity, their vocabulary level, their understanding, you could use it with them. Or you could have them do the Strengths Quest, or you could have them read Strengths. I mean, Strengths Quest, which is geared toward high school and college kids, and it helps them uh, start to see what areas could they possibly pursue with their unique gifts, strengths, and talents. And remember, this is a the whole purpose of the Strengths Finders is it helps them to identify reoccurring and consistent patterns of thoughts, feelings, and behavior. The key here is it's reoccurring and it's consistent. Time and time again, this will be how they react and process the world around them through thoughts, through behavior, and through feelings. And these all are very important. That's why there's not a wrong, there's not a wrong set of themes. It's what makes you you. So what are you doing? And what are you doing with that which makes you the happiest? Remember, a talent that a child has no interest in is not going to develop those to its fullest potential. I have a son, and he he is very talented. He was very talented at the piano. I'm, all my kids studied piano because we had a piano. And uh, music is very important for brain development. It involves your senses with touching and hearing and reading and thinking. It just, it's a very good um, brain development exercise. Music itself is good for, uh, good for us. And so I just, I told him he had to get to a certain level and then he could walk away or pursue it. Now he was very, very good. He was very technical, but he wasn't interested in it. And so he walked away. Yes, he had that talent because he was he consistently practiced. He wanted excellence. He was self-motivated. He was a learner. He could do the technical side of accomplishing and mastering playing a piece of music on the piano, but it wasn't a passion. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, when she sat down, she equally had the same desire. She could make herself practice. She was motivated, but the difference was my son could play music. My daughter could make music. And there's a difference. And when we talk about understanding how our children are uniquely created with gifts, strengths, and talents, and how it's our goal as a parent to tap into and understand and paint pictures for them of what you see because you are observing their behavior. You're observing what they repeatedly do consistently time and time again. And you point that out because they don't see it. 
you start giving them ideas of what could be, of how they could live the dash of their life. You help them to start to understand who I am. And you start to to help them invest their time in the things that will bring them satisfaction and joy that they can excel at. They become more comfortable in the skin that they have. They stop wasting time trying to compare themselves to something that they're not or someone that they're never going to be and living a life of absolute frustration and an inauthentic life. And they start to become uh, more authentic, more deliberative, more intentional, all because you came alongside them. See, learning is not just the three R's. That's a huge part of it, obviously. But it's also coming to the realization that they are created and they are gifted. And it's up to them to understand that and then develop it. It's going to bring fulfillment instead of frustration. It's going to help them complete tasks. It's going to help them understand 1 Corinthians 3, 5. You know, we all have a race to run. And if you help your children now, as you're listening to this, you help your children start to see the race that they're running They're not going to be constantly trying to run over into somebody else's lane and run their race. They become content to run their race. I have to give you an example of how this actually applied. I was teaching the kids and it was my older two. Now my older child is very logical, science, math driven. He also really doesn't like conflict. I mean, he just doesn't like conflict, didn't like arguing. So in a family of seven, you know, somebody is always squabbling with somebody and we should probably do a how do you build sibling relationships with your kids because that's an important one. And he was also very self-motivated. He wanted to know his assignments and he just wanted to do them because he didn't want to spend all day long. We were homeschooling. He didn't want to spend all day long in doing school. He just wanted to knock it out, read the chapter, check off the list and be done because he had other things to do like play video games or basketball or go outside and play with the neighbor kids. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, she was a polar opposite from him. She had to feel, she had to sense She had to experience, she had to contemplate all that we were studying, whatever it was. And the best examples, they were young at this time. And again, I told you, I have been studying the the personality assessments, how people are wired, what makes them tick and what makes them tick. How can I inspire and influence and motivate others? How can I help others people see the potential that is within them? I've always been driven to this since I can, I mean, I think I was probably 17 or 18 when I first really started to dive into this. It fascinates me because we're, we are created by a God that has an amazing creativity. Look at the world around you and be in wonder. So we were doing school one day and we were trying to do a history lesson. He just wanted to get it done and she wanted to experience it. And I remember this was the first time I remember I had to change how I taught my kids, which is a whole nother topic of how you teach children. Like really, how do you teach them? And I started exploring that as well. And we should probably do that too. But I sat there and I was reading and all of a sudden I completely lost her. 
because a bird flew across the window. And immediately, it was a red cardinal, as I remember right. And she immediately stopped the flow of learning to talk about the bird. Was it a mother bird or was it a dad bird? Uh, Was there a nest? Were they flying back to the nest because maybe there were eggs or maybe there were baby birds? I mean, it was a complete disruption to everything. And it frustrated my son so much. He was irritated. He actually was probably mad because he wanted to get done. And here she is daydreaming again. And I realized at that moment that how I taught that child, you know, my son and my daughter were very different. And what we did together had to be very different as well. And that's when I created, uh, I started to create a journal on each child. And I started writing down what it is that they did consistently over and over. It was repeated. How did they think, feel, and process the world around them consistently? And I started to see a window. And they were young, obviously too young to do strength finders. But how did they process? How did they engage with each other? on a consistent pattern. Who was the child that would always break their cookie in half and give it to another child? Or who was the one who was constantly monitoring everything everybody else was doing to make sure it was fair? Or who was the child who always had to have like one more chapter in a book read? Or they had to constantly talk about things that had happened in the past, exciting things, maybe even some, you know, traumatic things or not even traumatic, but just, you know, when they fell off their bike and they hit their head and scraped their knee or something like that. I just started writing it down. If you have children, start that process right now. You'll be amazed. You'll you'll start to delight and help them wonder. I mean, not wonder, but wonder about the future for them, about what you see that's that's good about the talents. And you start to see and and say to them, you know, I really notice this about you. I really notice like in my daughter's case, when you play the piano, I can feel the music by the way you press that, that note down, whether it's just script, you're playing a piece of music because it's written on the page or you sit down and you can hear it, and you can feel it, and it comes through. You'll start to notice those things, and you'll start to be able to talk to your kids in a way that maybe you haven't talked to them before. It's unrelated to the three R's. It's unrelated to their performance. It's unrelated to how quick they check off the chore chart. It has to do with the core of who they are. It helps you be able to help them complete the work, to understand the assignment that is before them. See, they're called to carry out an assigned task. There are no excuses and no exceptions. Knowing that the first step toward influencing your children is by accepting who you are. It's by understanding that you have strengths and you have weaknesses. And I often hear people tell me, when I ask them a question about themselves, they immediately start to tell me what they aren't good at. Immediately. Oh, well, I probably should organize my house better. I should probably get dinner. I should probably think about cooking dinner in the morning instead of at night. 
Um, I am trying to get better at, that's like the first thing people say. Because we are a society that's so focused on what we can't do that we often miss the beauty of what we can do. There, there's a verse in the Bible, you know, it's, it's in our weakness, God's strength is made known. Sometimes people misapply that verse. We aren't going to live our life in weakness. If you're not good in math, I mean, legitimately, you're probably not going to become an accountant, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you struggle with certain areas, it's probably not going to be your vocation. But it is the opportunity for the Lord to show up when you need to do something or perform a task that's not in your wheelhouse naturally. That's where God shows up. And that's where his strength is made known in your weaknesses. You will never excel and become excellent in your weaknesses, except the Lord helping you at a, at a point in time. But I believe it's in the strengths that God has given you. He did not give you gifts, strengths, and talents for you to hide them or underdevelop them. It's in your gifts, strengths, and talents that if, you properly develop them, if you properly apply them, if you use them with the right motivation, you will soar. You will be able to excel faster and further. You will be able to fulfill the assignment that God has given you. So make no mistake, we all have weaknesses. I have mine and I can rattle them off to you so quickly, just like you. And we all have strengths. It's when we sit down and we understand, we cultivate and we develop and we identify what they are that we are able to go into action. So start that notebook and write your child's name down and start becoming a student of your child, not their teacher. Start becoming a student first. Start becoming a student of yourself so that you know and understand yourself. And if you're married, your spouse as well. What do you get excited about? And what are you willing to pay the price for? You can only be really good at a few things. I want you to think about that. You can't be great at everything. You can only be really good at a few things. So stop wasting time on the things that you're not going to be really great at and Get people that are really great in those areas. Maybe it's your spouse. And let them soar at the areas that they are strong in and carry you and rely on the Lord and do what you do excellently. So this wraps up today's segment of Equip to Be. I hope that this has unpacked and maybe opened your eyes to the strengths Clifton Strengths and Strengths Explorer and Strengths Quest. There's some other books now. Discover Your Strengths. There's lots of books on the strengths. That's that we're only talking about this one. We're not talking about Myers Briggs or any of the others because of time. Right? This is this has been a long segment. So thanks for hanging in there. You can always email me uh, with questions that you have. You visit my website Connie at ConnieOpers.com, and you can uh, find me there. 
let's keep this conversation going as you are diving into this school year with all the disruptions and you help your children to think outside of the box and figure out where they fit within the grand scheme of this big old wide world and watch your relationships flourish and thrive. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.